This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. Welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Wright. And I'm your other sometimes host, Matt Scalina. How are you doing, Corey? Good yourself. And you've caught me on the road today, Matt, because <laughs> the real estate market has just gotten so busy that after the last recording, we had to jet out there quickly to go sell some property. But let's go through what we have today on the show. We have CEO and president of the IRL Group, William Donnellan. And uh, and some some people might recognize Donalyn uh, from Donalyn's Irish Pub over on Granville. Yeah. Well, William runs a chain of Irish style pubs throughout the city, which is obviously a growing, expanding chain. We wanted to have him on the show to talk about what's going on in the hospitality sector, because as we know, the hospitality sector is one of the largest employers we have in this province, but also has a dramatic impact, both positively and negatively, on the retail side of the commercial real estate market. Yeah, Corey, you know what? You had to move quick. I had to move quick and William had to move quick. So the the conversation is uh, shorter than I would have liked because I feel like I could have talked to to William all day, honestly. But can you flesh out exactly that point? Like how how important is hospitality to Vancouver commercial real estate and and how do you see it? How how are the spin-off effects felt? The hospitality sector as a whole is one of the largest employers, employment industries we have in the city. And if you look at how many restaurants, from sushi restaurants to pubs to the cactus clubs of the world, is they're all on the retail level. And they also create a lot of foot traffic for a lot of shopping centers and retail-type landlords. So as we all know, and we've heard lots of stories about some of the struggles they've had with it, both on cost and labor standpoint side of things coming out of the pandemic, that in the event there was a major shakeup in the hospitality sector, that would have a direct, most likely negative impact on the retail standpoint. So we wanted to have William Monte to find out, hey, what does the post-COVID world look like for restaurants and pubs? And what does the future look like for restaurants and pubs? If you watch the news, you see the gentleman on there from the BC Restaurants Association is talking about how sometimes it's very doom and gloom for these type people. We want to find out firsthand from an entrepreneur such as himself, what does the future look like and what's changed post-COVID? Because that will have dramatic impact on the commercial real estate market moving forward. Yeah. And you know what? It's, it's, it's an interesting time because you're right. Like a lot, a lot of doom and gloom. You hear, about, uh, you hear about the negatives all the time. I don't want to spoil this, but William's expanding and he's been expanding like gangbusters since about 2016. So it's, uh, it's an interesting story and an interesting take. So without further ado, let's get to our episode today with CEO of the IRL Group, William Donnelly. Enjoy. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. 
Impact Commercial, John, Allen, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. Okay, so we're here with William Donnellan, President and CEO of the IRL Group. How you doing, William? I am doing great. Thank you. And uh, thanks for having me on the show. No, th- thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and the IRL Group? Yes, no problem. So my name is William Donlan. I am the president and CEO of IRL Group, a small group of companies based locally in Vancouver, BC, that focus uh, specifically on construction, hospitality, and real estate. Fantastic. We wanted to have you on to talk a little bit more about the hospitality industry and some of the challenges it's faced over the last couple of years. How's hospitality doing? Hospitality is is a tough business, but thankfully we're, we're doing pretty well. Unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, uh, hospitality businesses out there who are struggling at the moment. I think in particular, some of the smaller breweries, bars, um, probably got lots of support during COVID. And uh, now that you know all those support systems have dried up and stopped, are finding it tougher, especially with a huge increase, I suppose, in labor costs and uh, cost of goods. I guess I'm, one question I have is, obviously, inflation's played a big role here. Has the the clientele changed or the, the, the way that people are interacting with, with bars changed since pre-COVID in your mind? Yeah, I, I think so. Inflation, of course, yes, plays uh, a huge part. You know, I think the war in uh, Ukraine as well, obviously, that is a part. Straight up, a lot of breweries contact us all the time about, you know, would we invest? Uh, would we take over? And uh, what I hear from them is the price of their ingredients. You know, some things have gone up 50%, 60%. So it's no longer viable to make beer. And because of that, I think we're going to see lots of them closing, unfortunately. We've already seen some closing, but you know, hundreds of them opened up in the last few years. And uh, that's what happens with, you know, with these wars, they affect us all, whether we like it or not. Uh, the price of living in Vancouver, we have to pay these people more money and uh, it affects our bottom line. So William, for our listeners as well there, you've got some outstanding locations throughout the city there. Can you maybe let our listeners know what locations that you guys are currently operating there? And then I'll, I got a follow-up question for you after that. No problem. Um, first, hog was uh, Donald on Granville Street. That's my surname, Donlan's Irish Bar uh, on Granville. A lot of our listeners might know that as uh, the Stone Temple back in the day, then it was Joseph Richards. Uh, we purchased that business in 2016, opened it in 2017. After that, we probably opened 10 locations in the last, uh, well, since then. We have six now. So five of them are operating and a sixth one is coming in Britannia Beach near the Copper Mine Museum there uh, up in Squamish, uh, hopefully in the next three months. 
Now we're just building that one out at the moment. It's going to be called the Copper Beach uh, Bar and Grill. So we have the Copper Beach, we have Donlands, we have the Shamrock uh, down in English Bay. We have Met of Gastown. It used to be the old Irish Heather. A lot of people would know that it was there for like two, three years. Right. right next to Barney Stone. And then we have uh, Heinz's in Kitsilano as well. That's uh, down between Waterloo and uh, Collingwood. So across from the eatery in that area. And then uh, the last one is the Raven in Deep Cove, which is pretty legendary. It's been there since 1979, I believe. And before that, it was uh, the Amble Room, but a really cool place. So obviously, you know, you guys got a very large operation that you're operating within the city and there's been lots of talk about like struggle with staffing issues and all of that stuff. What is your kind of like take on the overall, like, you know, your operational side of things, say post-COVID versus pre-COVID? How have you guys had to adapt and what challenges do you foresee that you're you're dealing with now that the whole industry is probably dealing with on the forefront? Yeah, very good question. And uh, because I guess we have multiple locations, we have a little bit better buying power and I know some people were scratching it and uh, thinking that I had lost my mind when we continued to buy businesses and grow our hospitality sector in particular during COVID. You know, people were like, are you crazy? You know, some bars are closed down. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know when this is going to end. But, you know, every cloud has a silver lining. I guess we tried to grow as much as we could with opportunities like that presenting um, themselves. What changed? Post-COVID, I think some of the biggest things were we, we started to think differently about our business, thinking outside the box. We have brought in pop-up uh, kitchen partners, collaborated with local businesses, and that helped a lot because, you know, operating both front of house and back of house, it's a lot of work. And if you can get somebody to come in, a really good partner that's uh, going to bring something new and exciting and some great ideas to your business, why not? It's good for ourselves, our operations, and it's also good for our customers. It gives them something something new and uh, a new variety. I think health and safety is another huge one, lads. Uh, look at uh, sanitization stations, um, cleaning checklists. We just, uh, I think everybody upped their game when it came to health and safety. And that's a good thing for sure. Contactless services, payments, uh, digital boards, um, you know, menus. Uh, most places are using the QR scan codes for menus. We continue to use them now. And, and that's been a, a real game changer. We implemented new systems like chip wallets because there's not near as much cash uh, as there used to be before the pandemic or before COVID. Now, 90, 95% of uh, our sales is, is cared. I think collaboration as well with local businesses. We, we uh, uh, work more so with local breweries. During COVID, there was huge supply chain issues, as you know. It just kind of, it, it changed our thinking and and we decided that, you know, maybe we should be working with the local breweries instead of, uh, you know, big, big vendors who bring in, import a lot of these premium products and that we, you know, we cannot control the supply chain, I suppose. And when they haven't got it. They haven't got it. At least uh, the local breweries, you know, you can go down, you can knock on your on their door, you can talk to them, and they typically have uh, supply. So we, we work a bit more uh, with the local small businesses as well, which I think is very good for everybody. So over the pandemic there, these food apps became quite the big deal. 
my waistline has been has been <laughs> has benefited greatly from the food app business. I'm wondering, curiosity wise, with your locations and where they're positioned, that has the food app side of the business really impacted you at all in a negative or a positive way? Yeah, Lucas, this is just my opinion. The you know the Uber Eats and all these guys, uh, they were brilliant. They exploded. We needed them for sure, uh, but I think they're good for marketing and getting your brand out there and you know being in the spotlight. But they take so much of your of your profits. You know the fees are so high; uh, it's just not viable to be using them all the time. You know, uh, I'm not sure exactly what uh, the fees are right now, but you know it could be 25, 30 percent. I know at one point wow. uh, we got them down to about 15 percent which was kind of unheard of. And we had to speak to like headquarters back in the Netherlands uh, to do that. But I believe they're charging 25 to 30%. And the average restaurant doing a good job before the pandemic, before COVID, I believe was making about 5 to 9% profit. So, you know, run the numbers. Uh, it's a loss leader uh, and it just doesn't make sense. But um, when you have no other option. And it sounds like then, William, if I understand, basically part of your strategy with the pop-up restaurants and things like that is kind of doubling down on providing a, a really positive in-restaurant or in-pub experience. Yeah. And, and and we do do a lot of uh, yeah pop-up events and external events as well. Uh, for example, today with uh, the BIA, the Business Improvement Association in Gastown, about some of the streets um, down in Gastown and setting up some mobile bars, live music and having some fun there. And I do give credit to our new mayor. I think he's doing a great job when it comes to kind of bring a bit more fun to the city. Mm-hmm. You know, what we do in, in Europe and back in Ireland in particular, you know, everybody has a patio. You don't sip like first. Have your beer or your glass of wine on the patio and on the street. And you can actually walk from one bar to another in most locations, which in, in Dublin in particular, in let's say Temple Bar. Uh, I see people having a fun time and I don't see too many issues. Um, because of that, and I think we kind of need to get to something, to get to a place like that if we want Vancouver to be fun and popular. Recently, I was in Vegas, and it's the same thing in Vegas. You know, you can have a drink and walk around the street with it, and it's absolutely spotless there. I was just there at a conference a few weeks ago, about a month ago. I couldn't believe how clean it was. I couldn't believe how much fun it was. Uh, I thought it was really cool that you could get a drink anywhere and take it in and walk from pub to pub or hotel to hotel. Our mayor uh, is trying to, to to bring the fun back to Vancouver, and I think that's important. And these are good first steps. There has been a lot of relaxation, but we still have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Well, if you if you want to start a petition for drinking on the street, <laughs> you've got two guys over here that will be the first two signatures for you. We'll get that going. <laughs> William, I'm really curious, obviously, you know, your experience in this industry here, and you've been through a lot with the COVID situation and coming out of it. What does the future of hospitality look like in Vancouver? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I am pretty bullish um, when it comes to bars and restaurants. I think, you know, they are always going to be needed. I think the two most important things in life, in my opinion, are socializing and exercising. Um, uh, into the pubs, I suppose, because I think pubs are a huge staple and a huge part of every community, you know, to bring people together. Uh, I'll use uh, the Shamrock Bar in the West End, for example, you know. Uh, when you go in the door there, 
You can talk to anybody. There's a, there's a lovely, friendly, warm environment. People go there to, to socialize, network, uh, to meet other people, just to chat. You know, and a lot of these people uh, live alone. Uh, and during uh, COVID, it was very sad because a lot of people's mental health was affected because we didn't have uh, those outlets, you know. And I think uh, they'll always be needed. So that's your question. I think they're not going anywhere, but I also do think that the business is getting tougher and tougher. You know, labor prices, as I said, you know, they're very simple businesses. They're very complicated, but when you break them down, they're pretty simple. Hospitality, you know, you've got labor is a huge cost. You've got your cost of goods, which is, is your next biggest cost, and your operation, those three things, you know, and you can say they're, you know, 30% each, and you try and make 10% profit at the end of the day. But those costs keep, going up and that's the problem your your profit is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking all the time so by having you know uh, more volume and more locations we can do a bit of a better job and keep that 10 percent and hopefully try and grow it however if you have you know one location or two it's very hard to get that better pricing from your vendors and it's very hard to make it pay interesting so the economy is a scale there I, I just had, this is like a selfish question, maybe. I've noticed, I guess we're both kind of in our 40s. Uh, Speak for yourself. <laughs> You're still 39. <laughs> uh, and I've, I've very much came up in an environment where everybody drank beer, and that was basically what everybody drank, and everybody I know that's my age still drinks beer. Uh, it's always strange in my mind to see like a 25-year-old guy drinking a seltzer. Is that, how is, is that something you're seeing? And is that shifting any uh, kind of components of your of your uh, locations? Or is that just like, yeah, we now we offer different beverages and, and that's that? Yeah, you know, I don't see it too much, but they're definitely selling. You know, the big, uh, the big brands, the big seltzers, they've made a lot of money. They're doing really well. But uh, this is just my humble opinion. I, I don't know if, you know, they will continue to grow at that rate. When we first, years ago, when we started seeing all of the, uh, the small breweries opening up in Vancouver, I, I, I was always skeptical, you know, will this last? Uh, will people go back to the big brands? I think we're seeing it now. People are going back to the big brands. And uh, yeah, like, you know, that's, uh, most and they're the two big ones they have the majority of, of the market and they got you know Stella and Budweiser and big brands like that people Heineken people people will go back to them uh, and as more and more of these small breweries don't make it unfortunately you see Labatt's and Molson taken back I think that share of the market again and people will go back to the, the Budweiser's and the Stella and the Heineken and and the Guinness and, and the Magners. So the big are just going to get bigger then? Yeah. Yeah, I think the big brands are, are coming back. So William, before we let you go here, we appreciate you taking the time to join us and kind of providing some light on what the hospitality looks like. Because obviously in the city of Vancouver, hospitality is one of the largest sectors there. It's going to have a tremendous impact on the retail side of the commercial real estate market in the event the hospitality industry does struggle. So obviously people like yourself that are leading the way with some great venues there. And before we get into our six pack of lighthearted questions here, I want to give a shout out to the Smiths of Gastown when I was there and it was early in the morning. I was there with William. The, is it the whiskey bar at the back? William, what would, what would you call that area that me and you were in there that, that morning? 
Yeah, it's, uh, well, the, the space, we call it the forge. The uh, forge, okay. It's forge, uh, my mother's maiden name, and my family in Ireland, uh, my mum's side, had pubs in Ireland and across Ireland, and uh, that's where Smith came from, and then the forge is like a, a kind of a little speakeasy out the back. It's a whiskey and cocktail bar. So yeah. I just want to, I want to, I want to put it out there that I was there probably nine in the morning, so I wasn't, you know, enjoying the beverage scene at nighttime. That forge is one of the coolest, like underground. I say underground in quotations because it's not on the street front. Uh, places I've ever been, and I could not imagine how much fun that would be with like fifty of your friends watching a sporting event, having a beer. It was awesome at nine o'clock in the morning drinking a coffee. So I'm going to encourage everyone. I might go tonight. You have to go check this place out. <laughs> it is one of the coolest venues in the city there. So I wanted to make sure I threw that out there. William, before we let you go, we got a six pack of lighthearted questions. We ask all of our guests. So we kind of get to know you a little bit more outside of the work world there. Do you have just a few more minutes for us? I do indeed. I do indeed. And look at just on the forge. Yeah. When the uh, European championships were on the soccer, yeah. um, Corey, it, the atmosphere back there was unbelievable because you know what the sound is like in there. Yeah. And yeah. I, so excited for the World Cup to come to Vancouver in just about two years now. Uh, and we're only, what, 10 minutes walk from the stadium, uh, both Donlins and Smiths. But imagine the fun that you can have in the Forge. So, Well, if I can, if I, this might be very forward of me thinking here and very optimistic there, but can I book out that <laughs> venue a reservation for, request. For, for, for Team Canada's gold, <laughs> gold game in the FIFA 2026? No. If I can just book the venue now, it would be tremendous. No. <laughs> The six pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team. These are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. All right, William, first question up on our six-pack lighthearted questions. Favorite vacation spot when you find the time? Um, first thing that came to mind is Mexico. I uh, really like Mexico, but uh, I must give a special mention to uh, Bora Bora where we went on honeymoon. My oh, wife, that was absolutely cool. Did Did you guys have one of those huts on the water? We did. Oh, and my it gosh. Was, it was better than you could ever imagine. Oof, we'll live vicariously through you. No kidding. Okay, one <laughs> book recommendation. Probably not as exciting as Bora Bora. Uh, Think and Grow Rich. I really like that book, and I've read it multiple times. Good book. Good book. Next one up here, and this is going to tell us really the true roots of who you are here, William. Favorite band or musician? Um, Dermot Kennedy uh, from Ireland. Good one. Brilliant musician, if you haven't heard of him. He played here uh, probably three or four years ago. I've seen him out in a small venue in UBC. He's come a couple of times since. Now he sells out uh, the large arenas here Rogers in Vancouver. Really, yeah. Really, yeah, really, really cool guy down to art and an incredible musician. Really like him. Did he come check out your venues when he was in town? No, but he better the next time. There you go. <laughs> Heard it here. Maybe, maybe he listens. Yeah. <laughs> You're on death row, William. What's your last meal? Um, KFC. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't think, I don't think we've had that one yet. That's, that's good. That's good. All right. It's Friday night. You're not working. You're kicking back. You're having a couple beverages, but you find yourself in a karaoke bar. Someone shoves a mic in your face. What song are you singing? Um, to something by Christy Moore, something by Christy Moore. Black is the color. Black is uh, the color. Okay. 
And last but not least, William, and thank you again for your time. Favorite movie or TV show? Um, Peaky Blinders. Oh, 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 that's a good one. That's a good one. William, for all of our guests there that want to find out more about all your amazing locations throughout the city or they want to get a hold of you, how can our, how can our listeners uh, find out more about yourself and, uh, and the company? Um, check us out. Our website is irlgroup.ca. Um, everything should be there, including our contact information. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for your time, William. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, Matt. Thanks so much for joining us today. Take care. Nice to be on the podcast. Thanks a lot, William. Take care. Bye-bye. There you have it, folks. Our interview today with William Donnellan, CEO of the IRL Group. You know, there's some of those guests who say that, you know what? I just really want to go for a drink with that guy. I'd love to hear his stories. <laughs> Literally, William is that guy, but not only can we go for a drink with him and see his story, he can probably pay for the drink because we're going to go to one of his pubs. That's right. And I think we have eight to choose from. He's uh, a super interesting guy. One thing that sticks with me is his take on seltzers, seltzers and and craft beer. They're they're going by the wayside. Well, if if you look back a few years ago, maybe this is over the past decade, I unfortunately don't get out and out as much as I used to. But everything before was like the Granville Island Brewery. Remember Sleeman's? Yeah. Yeah. Everything was these craft breweries and they were kind of popping up everywhere. But it sounds like based on the data that he has from his chains, that might be going by the wayside. Me and you might be back drinking Budweiser. Where I'm, I'm, I'm back to Coors Light. Yeah. It's, Coors uh, Light. Coors Light. There you go. <laughs> what else do we have uh, before we cut for the day, Corey? On next week's episode, we have Nathan Armour, who's our team leader of our William Wright commercial New West office, but we're going to be talking all about the Tri-Cities. If you kind of follow the real estate market and the development game over the past, you know, God knows how long now, you'll know Port Moody, Port Coquitlam, and Coquitlam feels like it's kind of becoming almost the epicenter of development shift with so many towers proposed, both along St. John's, along Electric Avenue. You have the Coquitlam Town Center proposal, which you have the massive development coming in from Marcon. So we've got so many things happening in that Tri-City area. We want to have Nathan come on, break that down of what's going on in the Tri-Cities right now and what to look for moving forward with it. Because as we've sort of talked on the podcast before, we're very excited because we'll actually be moving our new West office into the Tri-Cities, which was our plan about five years ago, post-COVID or pre-COVID, before that kind of got thrown into the mix. But we're very excited that this year we'll be moving our, our new office, our new West office finally into that Tri-City market right into the epicenter of all that growth so we can better support all those landlords and developers locally. But Nathan's going to come on and he's going to break that down for us, why the Tri-Cities needs to be part of your investment list. Wow, that's that's great. Uh, it's interesting to think that you um, you made that move before COVID because I feel like maybe the writing was on the wall, but it's so clearly such an energy hub now. Totally, totally. And so many people want to be in Coquitlam, Burquitlam, Port Moody, uh, and beyond. It's It's Kind of crazy. Well, you get so much development and you got the expansion of the Evergreen Line that came in years ago, which is really kind of really opening it up because before that you had the West Coast Express that kind of brought you in from Mission through the Tri-Cities into Vancouver. But the SkyTrain seems like it's really opened that up. Looking at it post-COVID now, obviously with, with people kind of moving around the province, especially in the Lower Mainland, you're getting more and more people into the Tri-Cities market that maybe previously weren't there. But now you're also getting the employment sectors that are looking for the Tri-City market with the office market now. And then Cressy uh, Developments had an office building they launched right in the middle of COVID. I want to say it was like 55 or 58 office strata lots sold out in under six months. 
You've got the new Omni projects coming in. You've got so much stuff coming into that immediate area there that the employment sector is now starting to follow where you're seeing more office demand and more retail demand in those sectors. So we're going to hopefully explore that with Nathan. Fantastic. Uh, as a final question for you, Corey, how can people find yeah. out more about what you're doing over at William Wright? If you want to deal in the commercial real estate realm, please feel free to visit us anytime at our website, williamwright.ca. You can send me an email, Corey at williamwright.ca. Always love hearing from the listeners. Or you can call our Vancouver office, 604-428-525. Anytime, let us know what you're looking for and we'll put you in touch with the best office or broker throughout the province. Fantastic. And of course, these episodes do live at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. So head over there if you'd like to see summaries and uh, the back catalog. Awesome. Well, guys, we look forward to having everyone back next week for another great episode with Nathan Armour from our William Wright commercial, soon to be Tri-Cities Office. Fantastic. Take care. Subscribe today.